Today's episode of the Iconic Podcast is, as always, sponsored by Iconic Clothing Company. Be sure to follow them on Instagram, at Iconic Clothing Co., to stay up to date with new releases and the chance to win free gear. This episode of the Iconic Podcast, Uncle Luke and I talk about the storming New Orleans Pelicans and their star, Anthony Davis. After, we dive into your Twitter questions. And we finish off with the crazy month ahead for hip hop. Without further ado, let's ball out. Yeah. Uh huh. Spokesman, what's really good, homie? Rock City. Not pretty. Open up that sunroof right quick, though. Yeah. I need to feel some air coming in the room. Actually, in the car. <laughs> Good on a Monday back in the studio. Uncle Luke, my partner, has returned from IU. They know how to party ball. Do they? The Hoosiers really know how to show out. Obviously, it's the biggest weekend of the year, Little Five, but wow. I mean, anytime you go into a weekend where it's just your old buddy, Chandler Shepard. I get my, it. My good friend. We got there right away. I went to Roy's, and the next 48 hours were a complete and utter blur. So I, I'm completely following what you're saying. Now do me two favors, though. Explain Little Five to people who might not know. Okay. And then explain Roy's. So Little Five, if you haven't heard, it's a it's a huge bike race. Now I don't know the – I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I know every little detail about sure. it or anything. I don't go to the school or anything. But it's a huge bike race. They do a men's and women's bike race. The women are on Friday. Men's are on Saturday. And it's Greek life, but it's also other uh, campus organizations, other kids that want to join. And – these kids literally spend all year training. So uh, Chandler's fraternity, Sigma Pi, right? They yes. have their bikers and they train all year. They don't drink. They don't do anything strict. They get like kicked off, camp- they get kicked out of the house or something if they. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I know it's serious. <laughs> they it's come down harder shit. than the IOC. <laughs> the IOC, the, <laughs> and the IFC, that too. But uh, <laughs> the IOC. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a huge deal. It's 500 laps around the track that they have, and apparently, I asked Chandler. I was like, "Did you guys? Are you guys? What would happen if you guys were to win?" He goes, "Oh, we didn't even qualify." I'm like, "Wait, what?" He goes, "Yeah, so there's quals. They call it quals." Yeah, which and I believe is also a very big it's, party. It's week. just as big as a party weekend, and they do the whole qualification process. And so these kids will train all year, put their entire, you know social lives down everything down and they'll they'll basically give up all those commitments to train and they might not qualify they're better men than us exactly and i asked chandler i was like okay well say you guys do win what what happens if a fraternity won a uh little 500 and he goes oh we get kicked off campus and we would be completely okay with it i'm like yeah see like other people other we don't have that here at mizzou i know good for them man. yeah so i i mean it was just a great weekend good to see my buddy also good to see your buddy i guess you could call our buddy too spent a lot of time with dustin sleet who the boss man they, who also sent a nice little question to us on twitter that we'll get to later on the show but yeah all around great weekend Tough drive home, just not feeling well. But when you FaceTime me talking NBA on the way home. Makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, that last hour and a half, you made it flew by for me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was fine. It was really good. I think I've watched two NBA games a day for the last like nine straight days. Nothing's really gotten in the way of that at all. 
That is the number one thing on my agenda every single day. It's the most wonderful time of the year for us. Oh, it is. It feels so I mean, good. Where do, you, where, do you, where do you want to begin? I mean, we can. We got so much to get to. We do. Where and, do we want to begin? And with the Twitter questions coming later, those address some of the talking points that we'll get to, and, and it's a little more sporadic because yeah, those absolutely. aren't organized. I think, though, that we have to start because it's the only series that's wrapped up. Anthony Davis has swept the Portland Trailblazers at the three seed. I mean, <laughs> he, he averaged 30, 12, three blocks, and two steals a game in that series. Was the undeniable super-duper star in that series. Just completely outclassed Dame and CJ McCollum, who are great players. As you've noted before, Dame, we've noted before, Dame is a MVP candidate. We'll probably finish in the top five, so will Davis. But I think what was really impressive from the Pelicans was not just Davis. We expect this out of Davis. We should expect this out of Davis. But Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, pains me to say pains me to say it. Nikola Mirotic has played fantastic. Literally since the moment he got to New Orleans, he's played out of his mind. Uh, Who else? Each one more, another bull, and then he's just played out of you know. Drew Holiday got that fat contract this offseason, and people were asking. Is he worth the money? Well, right now he's proven it to be. Yeah, uh, Holiday and Davis are the first pair of NBA teammates to score 40-plus points in a game in a closeout series, so in a closeout game. So in oh. game four, when they closed them out, they both scored 40. It's the first time in NBA history it's ever happened. Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. And, and of course, everyone's talking about it, but playoff Rondo has returned in glorious fashion. Yeah, and I think we, we spoke about it yesterday when you when you called me on the phone, um, how Holiday's been able to play off the ball a lot more because Rondo's just the guy that's the facilitator who locks down defensively. Now, obviously, playoff Rondo and regular season Rondo, completely different things. And Drew Holiday... The reason that this has benefited, he's not a natural one. You said it, that when he came into the league, he was a tweener. Yeah. And, well, Rondo gives him a little bit of guidance and, and direction as to where to go. He doesn't have to worry about some of the responsibilities that Rondo is best at, distributing, you know, making plays defensively. Playing the passing lanes for sure. And getting, I think most importantly, they just needed somebody who could get Anthony Davis the ball in certain spots. You know, high post, pick and roll, getting Anthony Davis those 20-footers that he can just hit 50% of the time. Can we get a tracker on how many goddamn times they're going to throw that spin-move backdoor alley-oop? Yeah. Rondo to Davis? And it's it's completely unstoppable because you got to go compete with Anthony Davis at the rim. And either side of the ball, you're not going to compete with Anthony well, Davis. Well, you can't let him just happily, you know, receive the ball at the 15-foot mark. So you have to stick with him. You have to keep it a, a hand in his face. And right when you do that, right when you're on him, like white on rice, that's when he goes, whoop, spin move, back door. They make it look so easy. I'm just so happy that Anthony Davis has completely taken the role of I'm a pissed off superstar that hasn't gotten any respect in the playoffs because I haven't been here. My time is now. I need to play better right now. And I don't know if there's anybody in the league that can compete with his dual threat offensive defensive talents he's a defensive player of the year candidate he might be the defensive player of the year and he's an mvp scorer i mean on the glass he's just been an absolute animal i think the the defining moment of that series was when uh 
it was late in game four and the ball went up and I saw this at Roy's. I'm sorry, I didn't explain Roy's. Roy's is Kilroy's. It's a huge bar. I, I'm going back to Indiana real quick. <laughs> I got to watch the Pacers win game three Ooh. in in Kilroy's, which was really, really cool. Wow, I was in sitting, Indiana. I was sitting with some diehard Pacer fans that I could tell were like really into the game more so. And like what was really cool was obviously there's so much going on on a day like that Friday the bar scene and everything, but the last five minutes of that game, everybody's eyes, I kid you not, everybody's eyes, girls, guys, bartenders, anybody, everybody's eyes were on the TV for the last five minutes of the game. Bloomington, Indiana in general, great basketball town and state. Back to Anthony Davis, where were we? Uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah, the the play, the play that kind of defined yes. it for me. As I was watching Roy's on Saturday. And, now, and it's all, yeah, okay, it, it, and now we're, we're back. Now we're back, but... Uh, <laughs> He, he goes up, and he's, like, kind of underneath the rim, and he goes up over – I think it was Nurkic. could be at Davis, possibly. He goes up and, like, kind of contorts his body a little bit, gets the ball, and then just throws it down over him for a three, You know what it was? Potential three-point play. And I thought that this was going to be the play that you mentioned. He kind of caught the ball under the hoop a little bit. Yeah. Like, more towards the baseline, and he took one kind of power it's exactly, step. It's exactly the play. And he rises playing, yeah. up. And he put it down and just kind of grazes the rim. What's he doing? It, it showed and displayed so much strength. And it was one of the plays that, and I'm happy that you mentioned that because that's the exact play I was going to use to make my point. The way he played in those first four games reminded me of a early 60s, 70s type big man where they looked so much bigger, so much stronger and so much more dominant than it, everyone else. It wasn't even right. fair. It looked like a, a senior in high school playing against seventh graders at times. Yeah, and he's really just putting it all together right now. Top to bottom, any category. He's literally filling up the stat sheet. He's leading the playoffs in real plus minus, which is, if you know what real plus minus is, it's just how do your team does when you're on the floor versus when you're off the floor. He's leading it right now in the NBA playoffs. So, I mean, all around he's been – Completely impressive. For the Blazers, though, like, we were really high on them coming into the playoffs. And Before we bounce to the Blazers, okay? Yeah. Something that I mentioned, I think, in a previous podcast, one of the two that we've recorded, Alvin Gentry is playing a huge role on this team. You as a, as a lower seed of the playoffs, to have the confidence from your leader, your head coach, of a, you know what? No, I, I've been with the Warriors the last couple of years. I know what it takes to win. You guys are there. Rondo, I know you've been there. You've done this before. Guys, trust trust that this is going to work. You have a great player in Anthony Davis. If you all do your role, we're going to be very successful. That's a good, phenomenal point. Uh, he's really let Rajon Rondo just go do his thing, which as crazy competitive as he is and all the – you know, stories about him being a cancer on the team and, and whatnot. I mean, last year on the Bulls, besides Butler and Wade, every young Bull that was on that literally said that Rajon Rondo's my my favorite teammate, greatest teammate I've ever had. That says something, That's especially a lot for young of praise. guys. The, the guy's a leader, and and when it comes to playoff games, he just he just performs in ways that you just like. Where is this all year? You know what I mean? And I also. Going back to Drew Holiday, his ability just to, to go get buckets. That's all Alvin, like you said, Alvin, Alvin Gentry's just done a great job just telling everybody, go do your role. 
Rajon, distribute, play the passing lanes, be a crazy maniac on defense, be a leader on that court. Drew, go play your game. Go size up smaller two guards. Go take guys on baseline. He's been lights out, and obviously I'm sure Gentry's just – AD just looks pissed. Well, and I think a lot of it and, – and I, you know, I could be wrong. Of course I could be wrong. I think Rondo is fueling Anthony Davis right now. He is feeding that gas tank with, yeah. oh, they don't think you're tough enough. You, you hear that big guy? They think that we're not good enough to beat the Warriors. Right. That's what they're saying about this. How does that make you feel, AD? Yeah. You know, one of those kind of— Rajon Rondo's the last—like we said, he's the last of a dying breed. He, 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 yep. he was bred by those those boys in Boston, Paul Pierce, Absolutely. Ray Allen. KG especially. You know, I think that's where he gets it the most from is— is KG his intensity, the way he he his leadership on the floor? I think the last Rondo's of the dying channeling Rondo's just channeling that energy he always found from KG in Boston. He's just putting it into AD, and boy, has he just been the best player in the playoffs so far. Like the great legends that we're talking about that played before him, he knows how to poke his team the the right buttons for his teammates. He knows where to push them and and what he can get away with and how to fire him enough without getting him distracted from the game that's in front of them. Absolutely, I agree. Now, oppositely, right, we we talk about Rondo playing great come the playoffs and, you know, maybe being a little lackadaisical in the regular season. Well, what happened to our, our our top five MVP candidate, Damian Lillard? Yeah, and I think we should bring up the the Twitter question that, that coincides with this really well. So RP, uh, Ryan Anthony on Twitter, uh, tweeted at us with one of the questions saying, what does Portland need to do in order to make a push with Damon CJ? What positions slash players do they target in free agency in the draft? Do they have a part that they need to trade away or do they have to, you know, make some moves to become legit contenders? That was from RP. One of the OGs. Yeah, absolutely. But what do you think? What do you think they need to do? I don't know what they need to do, but I can tell you a recipe that is required in order to be successful late in the NBA. Okay. And of those ingredients that are required, it's going to take you three all-stars. That bottom line End of story, period, discussion over. Can I interject real quick? Go ahead. I think as long as the Warriors are the Warriors, you're going to need at least three studs. And I'm saying historically speaking, for sure. nine oh, yeah, out of ten years, yeah. it will take three All-Stars to win the More NBA Finals. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, Damian Lillard is a 50-50 All-Star every year. So even if you count him as your one All-Star, that's fine. C.J. McCollum is not an all-star, was not an all-star this year. No, he hasn't been an all-star yet. He plays, he can play like an all-star. He's a hooper. He's a hooper for sure, but in a star-studded Western Conference, he's not your first, second, or even third two-guard. Unfortunately, this is the harsh reality of professional sports, and not even professional sports, sports in general. We talk about what it takes to win the NBA Finals. We talk about what it takes to win the NCAA tourney. Well, when you look at those two tournaments, every single one of those teams, except for one, ends on a loss. Of the 64 teams that enter the NCAA tourney, yep. 63 go home as losers. They, they lose their last game. And the same thing is said for the NBA Finals. 
not everyone gets to win the championship. And un unfortunately, Damian Lillard might have to be one of those guys that's a, 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 a stepping stone for the other greats to make it to the finals. You know, like, oh, they've got a tough battle. They do this in boxing a lot. Yeah. So maybe a guy who's not there yet. great enough to be champion, but, oh, we'll, we'll give him the top contender fight and, and let this guy beat him to go fight for the title then after that. Yeah, to answer RP's question, as as much as I've enjoyed watching the Blazers the past five years that this core more or less has been together, they're going to have to break it up. I They're just going to have to. Uh, they've committed $110 million in salary next year already. Hey. $110. <laughs> Lillard and McCollum combined for $53 million of that. They already have to give a, a million and a half to their 24th selection. So in the draft... You know, unless obviously there's always that one guy that goes in the late round that's a star-studded player that just turns out. But you can't be you can't you can't rely on that 24th pick to be Kawhi Leonard or something like. That. So they're completely in salary cap hell, and they made their GM Neil Oshie made decisions a couple of years back when the salary cap inflated and everybody was getting massive deals. You can't give out 13 million dollars to guys like Evan Turner. Yeah. Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless. These guys are good role players, but they shouldn't be making $13, $50 million. They're free agents on their team right now. Nurkic, big piece. Ed Davis, big piece off the bench. Shabazz Napier, who had a really nice second half in the NBA season, is also a free agent who's going to get decent backup point guard money somewhere else, money that the Blazers don't have. So what do you do if you're the Blazers? You love your backcourt. But $53 million for Damon McCollum, as you said, Dame's a 50-50 all-star. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Dame. Love I think, the guy. I think he should be an all-star every year. He's definitely had some seasons where he He's got been snubbed. snubbed for sure. And McCollum, great player. I love CJ McCollum's game just as, many, just as much as anybody else. But I don't think they're probably going to have to trade one of them. I don't know what that means. And I don't think McCollum's going to garner a top – he might garner a top 10 pick. Maybe, Maybe like an eight, nine, ten pick, but is that eight, nine? Are you positive that eight, nine, ten pick is gonna bring you? Is what gets you over the edge? Right. Probably not. This was probably the best. Every all circumstances aside, this was this, their best chance. This was their best shot as a three seed in the West, a year where Houston is the best team. The Warriors kind of down. Obviously, they could still go win the finals as we expect them to, but this was really their best shot. I expect them to trade either McCollum or. Or Lillard, and it sucks because Lillard met with the the owner in January, saying, "This is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. I want to win championships. I love CJ. He's my guy." It's just tough to see that a franchise who who kind of landlocked themselves with the the salary cap past two years and going into this you know off season where only a handful of teams have salary cap flexibility, the Blazers who are trying to contend, who are trying to be really good in the West, they just don't have that. They're they're going to have to figure out how to pay Nurkic who is such a big piece protecting the paint, getting buckets down low. They're going to have to figure out a way to, to pay Nurkic without going over into the luxury tax, which no team wants to pay. It's a lose-lose situation a lot of times for players like Lillard. Lillard listens to the fans. He's following what his heart has told him ever since he was a kid, and that's to be loyal. To, to play for your team, the team that took the chance out of Weber State and drafted you, he wants to make people happy, and that's why he wants to stay in Portland. Unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily translate to winning championships. And people can get as mad as they want at a Kevin Durant, 
But earlier yesterday, Kevin Durant was asked about Giannis. And he said, you know, if I was Giannis or if I was to give Giannis advice, it would be this. Play for yourself and don't play for the city that you're playing in. And it's it's a harsh statement to make. and Especially for you as a guy who's a fan of the Bucks, but it's true. It is true. It is true. It, it, it does hurt to say. And I love Giannis more than any other athlete in the world, maybe. Speaking of Giannis, how spectacular was those, oh those two? God. Those two games in Milwaukee were awesome. Oh my God, was Milwaukee? I'm gonna up. tell. I'm gonna tell on air what my dad said to me that I told you. My dad watching the Bucks Celtics game. Now my dad's been watching the NBA since they were tape delaying games in the '60s sure. and '70s and '80s. <laughs> so he's seen a lot of basketball, and he told me he's like Luke. I, you know, obviously he was over exaggerating a little bit. But he goes, I have never seen a basketball game quite like this. And he had a good point. He goes, the athletes, the length of guys on the floor. He, he goes, I'm watching basketball evolve in front of me. And he's right. Giannis takes up half the court with two strides. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, where, where are they going to put Gordon Hayward next year? And You know what? Just trade Gordon Hayward. Like, it just didn't work out for just you. Just roll with Brown and Tatum. Those two guys have been phenomenal, carrying the load offensively. Thon Maker, he loves Thon Maker. So I was, that's where I was going to go next. Watching the Bucks and the Celtics play, it is this weird state of NBA history limbo where I feel like I'm stuck in the 80s watching a Don Nelson-led Bucks team okay. go up against a Dr. J, Charles Barkley 76ers team. But I'm also watching NBA 10 years from now because it's going to be Bucks celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals then as well. The biggest question here, Thon Maker, who... Coming was, out of his shell. Wow. He had a great... Postseason last year, actually, compared to what he did in the regular season. Right. This year, slow start, couldn't really find his groove. And then John Henson gets hurt in this playoff series, strains his back, and all of a sudden, Thon Maker, you're up, buddy. We need you. Yeah. And he has stepped up to the plate ferociously. Middleton as well has been phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Another guy my dad mentioned that's just long, athletic, can, can play defense, multiple positions. I loved... What's the GM of the Bucks name? Uh, Do you know him? Horse. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like I just love the direction they went towards in the draft and free agency of just getting long, big, athletic dudes that can play multiple positions. Obviously, it starts with the honest, but Jabari as well, and obviously Jabari's on his way out. You think Milwaukee? It's got to. It feels that way. Everything seems to go in that way, and it doesn't seem too bitter. It doesn't seem that they're mad at each other. They tried. They gave Jabari the injuries. The, the injuries just always complicate things. And I think Jabari understands it too. It could be a cool opportunity for him to get overpaid in Chicago. This could be a really great chance for him to get a lot of for money. For sure. And not joking, you, but you, also kind of joking. The Bulls would 100% give him three years, $80 million. They're going to give him too much money. Yeah. And he's been great when he's been healthy. The Bulls are going to give too much money to somebody just because they have money to spend and they're looking to spend it. Yeah, you, depends on where they go in the draft, but we'll we'll see. I, I mean, Jabari Parker would just be the perfect. We'll guy save for, Bulls talk for another time. The last note. Yeah, that, that, the Bulls don't. Their season doesn't start till June. Yeah, so we have, we have we some, got, time got some time we, still. We have some time before we talk Bulls basketball here. <laughs> the last note, though, okay, and and I'm doing this because I know you'll appreciate it. Sure. 
Derrick Rose, baby. The return. Returning, returning from the dead. Yeah. He, What's it been like watching him do what he's done? You know, it's tough because on one hand, I remember we declared him dead like in December when he walked away from the team for a little bit. And, and I think everyone at that time would agree. Like it wasn't working in Cleveland. Obviously, he wasn't healthy in Cleveland. They drop him. Or they, they traded. Did they trade him? No, I think they waived him. I want to he say was, that, yeah, I think he was waived. He was or, waived. No, excuse me. He was traded, then waived. Traded, to traded to Utah, or then to waived. Utah. Yeah, and and we talked about this a little bit before the show. He's been he's in a situation where he's got familiar faces around him, Taj, Jimmy, Tibbs, to where he he knows the system, he knows the guys around him, but also he's just in a perfect position really for the Wolves. The Wolves need scoring off the bench for their point guard. They just need scoring off the bench in general. And that's what Derrick Rose has always done the, his best. He's never been a fantastic defensive player. He was never the biggest ball distributor in the world because he was the guy in Chicago. He was the guy that was relied on to score points, make baskets, and to carry the load. And he doesn't have to do that in Minnesota. That's for Towns, Wiggins, and Butler to figure out. He's supposed to just come off the bench, play 20 to 25 minutes of high-energy basketball. And this, and it, honestly, this reminds me of when Rose is coming off his – meniscus injury and they were playing uh team usa no it was 2013 it was the year before yeah it was the 2013 basketball whatever the international championships world basketball whatever and rose just came off the bench and obviously on those teams you got superstars and all-stars all across the court so everyone's playing six minutes rotations and rose was able to in those six minutes just to be push and transition to really just expend his energy in six minutes and that's kind of what he's doing off the bench here in minnesota he's giving getting these 10 minute spurts from from tibbs to where he can go attack the rim he can go make plays he can go open the floor and collapse the defense and maybe find a guy on the outside like a jimmy butler to hit a corner three or something like that he's been awesome and it's been it's just really fun to watch because Four knee surgeries, and he's still still just trying to find a way to. You gotta love the game, if if your talents and you know as an MVP in the league, like we said, he's gonna go. He's gonna be the first NBA MVP to not be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's that's got a way on your mind. Be a borderline not Hall of Famer. I, I don't even think he will. Be. Like he's got two or three good seasons. Yeah, right? but he's salvaging what he can. And he's playing. Great in Minnesota. This could get him another job next year. This can get him another contract. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, okay? So in between break, we're going to get the iPad out because we're going to have to get this Thunder Jazz. Thunder Jazz. Then coming up next, we're going to do some Twitter questions sent in, and we'll finish up with a little bit of conversation about the state of hip-hop as it could be the biggest month of the year. This is the Iconic Podcast.
Player trade. I needed positional flexibility and a couple of outfielders, and so I got. I traded away Sano, Conforto, and. Doesn't matter. I got Reese, Marlon Gonzalez, and uh, Reese, Marlon, Brett Gardner. Okay. Reese plays first and outfield. Marwin plays everywhere. Gotta love the Brett. versatility. That's in fantasy, I mean, in fantasy baseball. baseball. What you need, but. And I mean, let's just go into the Reese update right Well, away. he's also the top dog right now in all of fantasy baseball, I think, among outfielders. First baseman, not outfielders. First baseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what, and what's his stat line? What's what's the Reese? I mean, Reese has been absolutely unreal. Let's see here. I'm going to pull it up here in just a second. It is. Got it. All right, so he's hitting 322, which, I mean, he's gonna, he's, it's going to come down to earth a little bit, but... He'll hit like 260, 270. Law of averages yeah, will absolutely. eventually bring that down. Uh, he's got four dingers already. He's going to hit, he's got 20 RBIs and three stolen bases, which early in the season, he's going to be swiping bags for us. We'll see. Yeah. But, and he's, he's scored 15 runs playing both outfield and first base for the Philadelphia Phillies. Always got to keep tabs on our guy. I haven't talked to him since the show, and I think that we're going to keep tabs on him. You have pretty much every show from here on out. Yeah, because that's our guy. I would love and you know give it a little bit of time. Maybe there's a weekend where they have you know two or three days off. Sure. And maybe give them a ring and see and just see a quick if, ten minute call. You know, that's all we're asking for. Or if they're the Phillies are uh, actually a Phillies Padres game was the first time I saw a baseball game in San Diego. Oh, that's awesome! So I might have to come to San Diego catch a Phillies game. A uh, bummer. And just work, man. You hate when it just takes you away to the random places like San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, let's let's get to some questions. Let's get to this, some of our OG listener questions. Let's do it. Do you want to continue with baseball and maybe answer Sleeters first? Uh, yeah, just for the flow of things. Just let's just do that. Yeah. We're already talking a little bit of baseball as it is. We'll sandwich the NBA with the baseball. All right, perfect. So, so what, did, what did Sleeters say on Twitter? So Dustin Sleeter, who I saw <sighs> – his name's Sleet, right? It's Sleet. Yeah, but I, I call him Sleeter. The dad's car, Yeah. the license plate says Sleeter. Okay, so y'all call him Sleeter. And he was the Little League president. And so every time pretty much he rolled into the YMCA parking lot, you saw the Sleeter license plate. 
It just it, it stuck. Sleater just absolutely stuck. As as you would assume. Yeah, you know. You know. And but, you were saying that uh, those guys over there had really good nicknames. Yeah, that's that's what was super interesting about it. It's like <laughs> it's like you meet him like, what's up, man? I'm like, name's Donnie. I'm like, is it actually Donnie? No, 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 no. I'm like, or I met a kid named Nick. They all call him Bart. Uh, Chandler's name is Scrat. Oh god, uh, the Ice Age yeah, Squirrel. Yeah, that's right. When they told me who it was, I was like, oh my god, that's that's hilarious. It's so beautiful. And as Chandler goes, he goes, I'm always just looking for my nut. You know, oh, like, yeah. oh my that's God. vintage Shep for That's you. vintage channel. Sure. But like all these guys across the board, nobody had a real name. Nobody. <laughs> Which I think probably a good thing in fraternities. You know? Hey, Get some aliases. It is a good like thing. Bobby Buckets, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a really good thinking. Buckets. That's really good thinking. Anyway, Sleet said, We're three weeks into the MLB season, but he says, Give me a segment about your league, your league pass MLB team. So obviously if you've been with us since the KCLU days, we did a league pass NBA team as we do. We will always do. And you guys that we just love watching play the game. Um, these aren't necessarily your best guys by Not any means. Not the superstars. Not the superstars. They can be. And I think baseball, which is interesting, is if you're a superstar, you're so much more fun to watch than just an average big leaguer. Sure. So it's a little different when it comes to baseball. But yeah. We've got a few names that we want to do. Just shout out there that we're going to follow along. Obviously, Reese is going to be a staple in this show. Like, he's on my list. Of course. Yeah. Of course he's on my list. These are guys that, for whatever reason, I've drawn certain uh, – I've, I've enjoyed watching them play, and and I hope that our listeners and the, the guys that you selected yeah. also make selections that are, are personal picks. Maybe you met a guy – at a bar one time who's playing for the Reds and is the backup third baseman. Yeah. But it's still a cool story and right. you want to root for him as the year goes on. You know, maybe an injury happens and, and your guy gets called up and you kind of get to enjoy the ride of the MLB season right. with these people. I also do think we should just keep pumping the name Mike Trout into people's heads because still doesn't getting enough attention. Casually leading the bigs in home runs currently right now with nine. Sitting 306. He's stealing bases. He's making defensive plays. He's going to be there. He's going to be around forever. I, I, I want I want to say that because I know Sleet yeah. would love for me to hear that, just to, for me to say that. Also, Manny Machado, who started off really, really slow last year. I know my, my roommate, our good friend, Sam Dreyer, has always been a huge fan. Machado supporter, yeah. and I was at the beginning a little iffy about him, but I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy right now hitting 356. I think a lot of Dreyer's, Sam Dreyer's interest in Manny Machado yeah. was the idea that he might end up in St. Louis one day. Absolutely. And obviously, in a contract year, he's going to go into free agency after the season. He even might be traded during the season this year. I mean, he's just coming out of the gate swinging a, a laser stick right now. He's got eight home runs, 17 RBIs. He's already got a couple multi-home run games in So Baltimore. is he on your – Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your roster? I'm just like going out like – Go ahead, I'm, yeah. What's, what's awesome is baseball is so much better when the, the best players are playing well. Harper's got eight home runs. Mookie Betts in Boston. Boston's been on fire. Oh, my God. Mookie Betts has six home runs, hitting 366. He had three against the Angels and against Otani when he was pitching. Uh, a couple other guys, a couple of second basemen. Ozzy Albies, who, who's a rookie – in Atlanta. I think also Dansby Swanson in his uh, sophomore year as well. Dansby made my list for yeah. guys of interest 
because I, I saw his final game at Vanderbilt. Okay. And I think, and I could be wrong on this, but it was the same day that he got drafted number one overall was the day of this game. Yeah, he yeah, ended yeah, up right. hitting, I think, a walk-off yeah. RBI to win it. And then as he's in the locker room, he gets drafted number one overall. And so for whatever reason, in my mind, that name Dansby Swanson has just been stuck. Yeah. Ozzie, he didn't have a very good rookie year, but uh, Ozzie Albies and Danzy Swanson, Swanson, you're going to want to keep an eye on both those guys and just the Braves youth in general. I think they had the, the best uh, farm system past couple of years, and obviously these two have been showing out early in the season. The other second baseman I'm talking about, a guy close to home, Javi Baez. You made my list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're just tossing names out there. Baez is obviously going to dazzle you with the glove work day in and day out, but the plate is always his plate discipline has always been his huge biggest issue. And right now he's hitting 300. He's got seven home runs. He's really shrunk in that strike zone. He's not chasing that shit anymore. I heard a great story about Javi Baez. I think it was last postseason. And everyone talks about how wicked fast his hands are. So whether it's the the transition from when he gets that ball into his mitt to yeah. his hand. Or the double plays. Or it could be the tag, the no-look tag type stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, he drags the, the back foot off of the second base and makes the double He's play. He's just a really fun baseball player to watch. Something he does to improve his hand speed with his left hand is he brushes his teeth with his left hand. Shut up. And opens every door with his left hand. So that his left hand just is naturally more comfortable. Seriously. Yeah, I heard I heard a story about this. Classic Bo just hearing hearing stories. You know, uh, <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Also, a couple of local guys from uh local as in near us uh, in Colombia. Mike Mustakis in Kansas City. The Royals aren't what they were a couple of years ago, but Moose, who came back to the Royals, he's hitting the shit out of the baseball as well. He's got six home runs and eighteen RBIs as of this podcast. And Yadi Molina. Coming out of nowhere, obviously he's going to hit around 300, but he, the power surge. Yeah. He's got six home runs right now, which is he normally creeps around like 10 to 15 on a year, and he's already got six, so he's also impressed me as well. So And all, and then another guy, Didi Gregorius in New York, who's leading the Yankees in batting average, RBIs, extra base hits, and slugging on a team that's got Stanton and Judge. Uh, Judge has been phenomenal. Stanton finding his swing. is Kind of a bold statement. Yeah. It's not really a hot take. Okay. I think though that if if you if I was a baseball lawyer, I could argue that there was a ten year period, and this is a big statement. Okay. There was a ten year period where you could have argued that Yadi Molina was the most valuable player in the MLB for those ten years, essentially two thousand five to two thousand fifteen. Wow! And I mean, it, in it, that time span, let's see, the Cardinals won in. Well, uh, obviously oh, 11 with... Oh, yeah, and 11, but I was just... I mean, obviously you get one World Series in a 10-year Six, span, they that. won, because they lost in 04 in a sweep to the Red Sox. Correct. After the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, they did lose, the you're right. They then beat uh, the Tigers in 2006. Say. Yeah. And that was with David Eck signed on We got on a couple team. of St. Louis loyalists downstairs, so we could ask them. So two World Series rings... He's the best defensive catcher in baseball during that time During that time on. span... And I think that where he is most valuable is in comforting the pitchers. He's calling those games. Right. He makes average pitchers look brilliant. And I, I think that at times he was undervalued. So that is not a hot take, but 
Yeah. Yachty's impact on the league cannot that's be quite. I mean, that's quite the statement, but I, I couldn't agree more with the impact at the catcher position for sure. And then speaking of pitchers, two pitchers that I have, Patrick Corbin out for the Diamondbacks, started off the season 4-0 with a 1.89 ERA, a whip of .66. He's already got 48 Ks. He is on fire. Also on the West Coast, Johnny Cueto. Good Lord. After a brutal start to his uh, Giants career, he's coming back. He's got two. He's two and zero with a .35 ERA in four starts. So I saw Cueto and Corbin are my two guys to keep an eye out on. I West. saw Johnny Cueto pitch in the MLB All Star game when it was in San Diego. San Diego, okay. And for what was his uh, team at the time? I think it was the Giants. He either no. had just gotten traded or was Cueto on the Royals at some point? He was. Yeah. But it wasn't he wasn't with the Royals then because he gave up. I'll look up real quick what what team because he was on. that day and I saw that game with my brother, okay. the MLB All Star game. I believe he gave up a homer to opposite field to Eric Hosmer, who is now a San Diego Padre. That game happened at Petco Park, and tying it all together, Eric Hosmer is on my list of my guys that I'm looking forward to watching this year. Yeah, no, Quito was. You're right. Okay. Okay. I, I do what I can, you know. I do what I can here, Uncle Luke. I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, here, you remember. Luke. You remember, right? I was wrong. No big deal. All right. So, other questions. Those were our, just our guys that we th- we're going to keep an eye on. Obviously, the studs are going to lead the way in baseball. Let me mention two guys. Okay. Go ahead. I have to show love to him because he's my favorite player in the MLB, and after his beautiful walk off dinger pimp shot from last night, Carlos. Go, go, Gomez. I hate Carlos Gomez. Oh, man, he is so good for this sport. I love it. He does the Michael Jackson leg kick. I did see that. That was cool. Before ABs, and I was doing it, and oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. The other guy I got to show love to, Joe Kelly, man. In, in, In a matter of one game, Joe Kelly of the Boston Red Sox has earned my total respect. Why is that? After beating Tyler Austin of the New York Yankees, there was a little moment that they had. There was a stare down. It was an old Western stare down. <laughs> and Tyler goes, do you want me to come out there? And Joe Kelly goes, all right, come on, let's do it. <laughs> I love when no one, when no one's going to back down. And I, it was and so looming brawl. So old school, so nasty, so tough. And I just loved watching. It got me so fired up. I could watch that video of Joe Kelly saying, you know, bring it on over and over and over. But, yeah, those are those are two other guys that I wanted to add on. What's the next Twitter question you got? Okay, so we got a couple of NBA uh, questions just to wrap up the show. Yeah. Or, I mean, then we'll obviously get to the uh, the hip-hop stuff Go after. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, so Lucas Bopple, uh tweeted to us, did the winner of Game 4 of the Pacers-Cavs just win the series? So obviously LeBron and the Cavs, they win game four, 2-2, going back to Cleveland. Yeah. Man, I don't want to say yes for whatever reason. I really don't want to say yes. What's your opinion about the suits? Love the suits. Love LeBron buying his team suits. So cheesy. No. Oh, come on. I like the suits idea, but like if LeBron was on the Bulls. And he was buying your squad. Okay, but he's suits. knocked the Bulls out five times in the playoffs. I'm not gonna let <laughs> just step away from that. It's cool. It is, but like it's same. It's like LeBron. LeBron would do that. Of course, he no would. one else in the league's really gonna drop five grand on suits. No, no, but it's freaking awesome. 
if you're going to wear the suits, win. Win. And they did. They pulled out the W last night in Indiana. Nothing's been convincing this series. LeBron's been Superman, and they've lost. LeBron's been super, uh, Superman, and they've won. Yep. Uh, to answer Bopple's question, though, what do you think? Yes or no? You said yes. I don't want to say yes. You're going to have to go I, on the record. Then, Live yes. and die by your sword. Yes. I, yes. Like I said in the last show, prove to me that I'm wrong. Okay. LeBron has done this so many times. Then for the sake of the argument, I'm going to take the Pacers because as I love how they're hanging with them. They're oh, not, it's been a blast. They're not going away. Like as I said, I watched the game three in Indiana. It was a blast to watch. Those they really think they're going to pull the upset, which is so cool. I would love to see the Pacers and Oladipo especially get that validation. Who's had an absolutely fantastic year for the Pacers. I do not want to see Lance Stevenson anymore this playoffs. <laughs> I am so done with his shit. I am so Steve, done. Lance with it. Stevenson and LeBron are so great for each other, and it's just it's it's theater. It really is. What it, it is. It is. It's. <laughs> it's what it's the superheroes. It's the comic book telling of the NBA that makes it so damn entertaining for the fans. Right. You can make these stories where, I mean, let's be honest. In a regular playoff series, Lance Stevenson is a nobody. He is a guy who doesn't get a lick of attention. But because of the history with him and LeBron and because of his fierceness, it yeah. makes for a beautiful comic book storytelling of this series. He's the villain, or in some cases, he's the anti-hero. Right. If you're not, a, if you're a LeBron hater, yeah. air quotes, then he's Lance Stevenson is this anti-hero. He's a vigilante almost. For sure, I, I would agree. So, you think? Okay. I, do you think this is quick question? You think it's going to go seven? Do I don't think go back so. And forth? You don't think so? That you I think, think Cleveland grabs two of the next three. Okay, so they wrap it up in the next two games. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That, excuse me, that's what I meant. I yes. mean, very, very possible. All right, and I think the best question I think between you and I to discuss here is it's from uh, Casey Bucks on Twitter, tweeted at us, not arguing one way or the other, but what has, but what has AD done to concretely put himself as the third best player in the world behind LeBron and KD? Why is Beard not the lock there or Russ? Feed me wisdom, Uncle Luke. Bo, I'm going to ask you this because I tweeted this at you and you're like, oh, just let me watch my just, games in peace <laughs> because I, I, the Sixers took care of business and Bede was fantastic and I trust the process, Bo. And you're like, shut up. And then after AD put away the uh, the Blazers, I tweeted at you that AD has become the third best player in the league. And I'm saying that. I think looking back, a couple of the drinks might have. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying that enhanced the emotions that you were feeling. That but I, I'm going to stand by it. I honestly am, because okay. I've, I've got reasoning for it. James Harden has been spectacular the past four years. Yes, as I've stated before, he was probably the MVP the first year Steph won it, but okay. Steph just took engulfed the league in flames with his three point shooting, his spectacular okay. play, yada yada yada. Next season, probably should have won the MVP again. Didn't. Last year, could have made a case again. This year, probably going to win it. He's getting his due. I mean, we've talked about Harden at length. He's got a bag unlike anything else we've ever seen from a lefty one-to-two guard type player. ISO, he's unstoppable. I mean, watching the Wolves-Houston game tonight, they were literally throwing six guys, like, you know, anybody at him. And hand in his face, didn't matter. Swish. I mean, he's got such a pure shot. But 
at his age, his ability on both sides of the floor. I remember that question we started off the NBA show, Bo. I gave you five players, Embiid, Davis, Porzingis, Towns, and Giannis. Okay. You obviously took Giannis, who has a reason to be the third. You can give you the third as well. I took Davis, and I still stand by it because I don't think there's there's just not a guy who dominates the glass, offensive, defensive. Whenever you lose a guy like Boogie Cousins, and you somehow get better in a way, like they they got hot. Like how the hell did that exactly? <laughs> and you know, and if they if they bring back Boogie, more power to them. But Anthony Davis is showing that he can carry a franchise. Look at that roster. Rajon Rondo, what we've seen from Drew Holiday in his career doesn't this didn't wasn't supposed to happen. What it's Drew not Holiday a sexy did. lineup. It's Solomon Hills, they're three. You know, he's playing the five and he's and I think he's he's a Hall of Fame four. Solomon Hill, Arizona kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a Hall of Fame four and he's embraced the five since Boogie went down, and he's just doing everything. I think at some point, he's going to be the best player in the league, or he's going to be in the conversation for the best player in the league with Giannis. One of those with guys. All those sure. guys. Exactly. Like, and it also kind of signifies almost like I'm feeling a little bit of a shift in the playoffs this year. A little paradigm no- shift. Nothing, nothing is the, the foregone conclusion of Warriors Cavs. It's uh, not there anymore. Doesn't feel like on both it. sides, both the East and the West. On the West, you've got Houston, you've got obviously AD, you've got who uh the four seed. Who's the four seed right now? The Jazz. The Warriors aren't the lock anymore. On the East, absolutely the Cavs aren't the lock anymore. Philadelphia has played really, really well. Boston and Milwaukee are duking it out. I don't think the East is a foregone conclusion either. I started to feel this shift of this younger generation starting to grow up a little bit. And I think leading that younger generation is Anthony Davis. Two things here, okay? In regards to... The best player conversation. I'm going to ask you what you don't have to answer. Do you have any concerns or trepidations or are you cautious about putting a seven-footer as your best player in the league? I mean, historically speaking, when people talk about the best player, they never is it mentioned a center. It always has to be the okay. wing guys. I, I, I can counter that with Chamberlain, Russell, Kareem, Shaq. I think... In the same breath, KG, we're going to talk about Anthony Davis when it's all okay. said and done. We're going to, in that same breath. I'm not saying he's going to be Wilt Chamberlain, but I think this new generation of how big men play, how we view NBA basketball, I don't think there's a, a better guy that you want at your four or five spot than If Anthony there was Davis. no footage of any NBA basketball ever and you just had the resumes to look at, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would be viewed right. as the greatest Absolutely. Basketball player to ever live. Yeah. From high school to where I believe it's rumored that he did not lose a game. Yeah. To college. Where he pretty much, like, I where think. I also do not. I think he lost he like lost, one or two yeah. games. Yeah. And then in the NBA, he won a handful of rings. Won six titles. That's your played, best player. Played 20 in NBA years, history. finals MVP, plenty of times. I, yeah, absolutely. I just think Anthony Davis is going to be that next generational talent that's going to come and take KD and LeBron's spot. I could and, be wrong, and I agree with you. I, I want like I, I want Anthony Davis to be that guy. I do too. I love Anthony Davis. I this is I was more playing devil's advocate absolutely than as anything. you could. The other thing I want to say here, okay? Yeah. As we were recording this very podcast, 
as we were creating the content for this exact argument, James Harden put up 22 points in the third quarter alone. The Rockets put up 50 points. They blew out Minnesota tonight. And this is going to be Harden's toughest defensive matchup the entire playoffs unless he goes up against maybe LeBron or something like that at one point. But Jimmy Butler, you're not getting Who's any a, tougher all defense. Yeah, exactly. There's nowhere else to go. You're not rising. The intensity level is not going up from here for James Harden. He might have his toughest series in the first round. Personally, probably. And so that's why, in addition to the other things that I have said about James Harden on this show. That he's the third best. He is the third best player in this world. And I just think Anthony Davis brings way more defensive value. Obviously, And that's fine. Obviously, James Harden's offensive value is historic. Yeah, because I don't think that there's another player in NBA history that has his tool set. Skill set. Tools. That no one has it. Okay. No one has it. No one has all five of the things that he has. He's like... Plus the ability to play point guard if need be. Because he, he was absolutely sensational as a point guard last year for Houston. Yeah. And even at times this year, because Chris Paul missed a few weeks. Sure, no, yeah. But he injury. can play... I mean, they, they're, they're just... They play positionalist basketball in Houston. More or less. But, I mean, Anthony Davis just... Yeah. Bucks, is that enough wisdom for you? Yeah, that was that was quite the uh, argument right there. All right, so the last thing that we want to talk about now, and we haven't really done that much pop culture stuff yet, but it was always kind of in the plans. So, I mean, we, we might as well get into it eventually. Right. The hip-hop world is on, on fire. fire right now. The return of Kanye West on Twitter, whether you like it or not, has sent just waves. No pun intended. Oh, oh hey, hey, okay, <laughs> okay. And this is, I'm really excited for Kanye's next two months. He's dropping an album with him and Kid Cudi. He's dropping an album by himself. He's dropping an album that he produced for Tiana Taylor. And perhaps... The craziest of them all. Yeah. He is producing an album for yeah. who's maybe considered the greatest lyricist of all time, yeah. Nas. Yeah. Wow. All in the month of June. All in the month of June. <sighs> oh, my goodness. This could be the summer of Kanye. I'm really excited because over spring break, I was in L.A., at right. Nobu in Malibu. Yeah. Enjoying a nice little meal. You know how we, you know, uh, no big stars deal. do it out in yeah, LA. We go, we get, we get some dinner in Malibu. Yeah. $200 was, steaks. Who gives a shit? Yeah. There you, Kanye was there at dinner with me. And that was crazy. I never, to see Kanye West in real life, it was, I couldn't move. I was frozen. I didn't know. I wasn't going to say anything. There were security guards everywhere. But to see him in person was absolutely surreal. And so I'm really hoping now that the next two months or next month and a half for Kanye West will be as epic as we are hoping. What is, let me ask you this question. What is your most, we'll spend like the next 10, 12 minutes on this to wrap this up. That's fine. What do you think is, what is the most exciting album you're looking forward to? What is the album you're looking forward to the most? Well, prior to... Five days ago, it was J. Cole. J. Cole is maybe my favorite artist. We'll get to J. Cole. I meant like okay. Kanye, just the Kanye in June. Um, I would probably say his solo album. I probably would have said Nas, 
if it was 15 years ago, I would have loved to have seen an early Kanye West production, like a, a 2003, 2004 Kanye produced Nas album. Unfortunately, we're getting it now. And, right. And it's fine. I'm excited to see what they can do together. Mm-hmm. But his solo album, it's always magical. He Every time he drops an album, it's something so new and it changes the entire culture for hip hop. Yeah, it really does. And I think I personally I'm I love Nas, but I'm also really excited for the Kanye Kid Cudi album. I just feel like their styles, they really they can really go back and forth and, and compare and contrast with each other. I'm really looking forward to that. I like Kid Cudi a lot. I think we're gonna get a little bit of old Cudi and a little bit of old Kanye. You know Cudi's I mean? like, uh latest single is called The Rage. Yeah. And it's on the soundtrack for The Rock's new movie Rampage. Okay. And it's a really good single. This is some of the better music I've heard from Kid Cudi in a while now. So seeing this, a little bit of a hot streak coming into maybe the the Kanye West album, it it could be right. magical. And then obviously Drake announced that he will be dropping his new album in June, which it's gonna be really interesting because two icons in in rap just going toe to toe on albums. I'll be really interested to see on social media who who's feeling what, who's not feeling it. How did you like the J Cole album? I really liked it. Now, I think you should clarify that you are a huge J. Massive J. Cole fan. Seen him live in concert. I have as well. Got, I've bought his last three albums. Okay. And so I support his music. I believe in what he does. Is he, so I'm going to give you, if you have three rap artists in your mind, three guys, three rappers, who are the three that you need to listen to right away? They drop something, you're like clearing the schedule. J. Cole Kendrick, for sure. Those two. And, and who's third? And if I was to do a third, it's Dr. Dre. Okay. But, but yeah. he's a producer, right. one. And he's only dropped. And he drops an album every 10 years. Yeah. But those are the, you ask the question, and those are the three. If it's not Dr. Dre, I, man, Kanye and Drake are not far behind in, right. that, in that conversation for yeah. me. Yeah. But I think J. Cole and Kendrick, for me, are the guys that I relate to the most. Okay. I'm not a huge J. Cole fan. I like his music. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. loved him in concert. He came out wearing the 45 Bulls jersey, and I think it was hilarious. Oh. This is actually a funny story. So we're, we're at the game, and or the game, excuse me, the concert, and this was at Lollapalooza a couple of years ago. He comes out wearing, donning the the, the red Bulls 45 uniform. With that pinstripes was, or no? No pinstripes. Okay. It, it was red. Okay. And that summer Denzel Valentine got drafted by the Bulls 45 yeah and a young younger kid now I wouldn't say he's like three or four years younger than me at the time goes he's wearing a Denzel Valentine jersey oh, I just kind of looked over at the kid I didn't want to even say oh, anything no. I was like I'm not even gonna waste my energy anyway he was fantastic live I love his old stuff I love the stuff he came yeah. up with I really liked four your eyes only I think that's just more of a personal preference on his style i yeah. guess like it was a little bit more mundane it was very much in your field i i, I also like when rappers go this is just like I, the great thing about music it's all subjective subjective and for me i love when rappers are, are speaking out about certain things you know what i mean like story of oj really liked the oh, jay-z you know i what mean, mean? I, I, the choir. jay-z hove loved jay-z if you're talking about three guys for me that's on your list that's on your list I don't. I, I listened to it extensively. Listened to it twice on the way to Indiana. Yeah. On the way back, I gave it another listen. 
And I was just, I was just like, okay, but I, I didn't like it more than For Your Eyes Only. Okay, that's fine. That's just my that's music. Two cents. I will say, J Cole has my favorite moment in live music in my life. I and I've done some pretty cool concerts at my cousin's house and seen some cool performers there. But when I saw J Cole perform, and he plays Tale of Two Cities, yeah, and that beat drops for the chorus and it goes hands in the air now it is the craziest moment in any arena in the country on that given day it is an absurd everyone goes absolutely berserk yeah when that beat drop happens i'm a huge j cole fan huge j i can tell i I think it's, it's in your the enthusiasm in your voice you can tell and then this weekend, coming up, Post Malone drops an album. And it's not necessarily hip-hop or rap. You know, it's a little bit of both. I like pop. Post Malone. I do, too. He's got a nice little catalog he's already built for himself. Absolutely. He's very talented. You know, whatever you think of him outside of music, I think that's becoming such a bigger role in the way people uh, view people is just what they are outside of their music. But, I mean, Post Malone's got some – he's got plenty of hits on his catalog as well. Absolutely. And, and he's got some – Pretty big name features coming up on this next one. And this album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, has been hyped up now. Right, for, I feel ever like since Stoney. Yeah. Six months. It's been a long time. He'll say it's going to drop, then he doesn't, yeah. then it's another release date. It's just the game. And it, Yeah, it is. It's the promotional aspect of this game. All right, Bo. That was, that was quite the uh, extensive list of stuff we covered today. Yeah, it felt good, though. Go it ahead felt, and wrap us up. Episode yeah. three of the it, Iconic Podcast. It felt really good. After your trip from IU, we, we got to talk about what we've seen in the NBA playoffs so far, specifically the New Orleans Pelicans sweeping the Trailblazers in the first round. Uncle Luke talking about Drew Holiday and, and playoff Rondo. And I and I mentioned that, well, Alvin Gentry might be my X Factor. And, and he was quoted up as saying, no, I just want to out-coach Steve Kerr in this next round. Sheesh. That's all I want to do. Sheesh. After that, we went to break. When we came back, we started talking about Reese Hoskins, the old family member, and the hot start that he's had. After that, we got into some Twitter questions. We were able to lay out our picks and our roster for our all-MLB League Pass team. Uh, some, some very good names mentioned and some very odd names mentioned as well. After that, we, we finished off with a little bit of pop culture and we broke down the, the crazy two months ahead for, for hip-hop and, and the rap game led by Drake, Kanye, J. Cole, Post Malone. Woo! And not to mention Kendrick won a Pulitzer. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just, he did do that, didn't he? Just, I mean, I, I think more or less people would say he's the best rapper alive right now. That's a completely, you know, subjective thing to say, but... He went a Pulitzer as the first rap artist to do so. You're not going to hear me complain if, if you're saying that Kendrick's yeah. the best rapper not in the world me. right now. All right. Do what we got to do. Let's go home. Let's go home. <laughs> Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Boy, don't tizzy. TV. Let's don't talk much, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Spokesman was really good, homie. Rock City. Not pretty. Woo. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love this life I'm living, 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 living